Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin. Welcome to the latest edition of Pirates Talk presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. If you're a Seton Hall fan, and I presume you are because you're listening to the podcast, but more so if you're just a basketball fan in general, the name Fred Hill Jr. is easily recognizable. Fred was twice an assistant coach at the Hall, spent time as an assistant at Villanova, Maine, Marquette, and Northwestern, and was the head coach at Rutgers University from 2006 to 2010. He is currently the CEO and head coach at Compass Basketball Academy, a gap year program that is an alternative to the traditional prep school route. His father, Fred Hill Sr., was a great athlete in his own right and an outstanding coach on both the Division I and Division III levels in baseball and basketball, while his uncle, Brian, was a longtime coach, including two stints as head coach of the NBA's Orlando Magic, where he led the Magic to the 1995 NBA Finals. On today's show, I'll speak with Fred about his latest project celebrating the great history of basketball in New Jersey, the second annual The Basketball Reunion Banquet, which will be held once again at Prudential Center on the night of the NCAA Division I Basketball Championship on April 3rd. We'll also talk about the state of college basketball and what it was like for Fred to grow up in a family of great athletic achievers. That and more when Fred Hill Jr. joins me after this message from Jag One Physical Therapy. A proud sponsor of Seton Hall Athletics, Jag One Physical Therapy gets you back to the life you love. Voted the number one physical therapy company based on first-class patient care and outcomes, Jag One Physical Therapy is invested in your full recovery. Your preferred in-network rehabilitation provider, Jag One Physical Therapy, has convenient locations throughout New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. For more information and to find a location near you, visit www.jag1pt.com. Freddie, thanks very much for joining me. An exciting time for college basketball fans. And as we'll discuss here for a good portion of our interview, a very exciting time for you with the endeavor that you put together last year. Again, thanks very much for joining us. Well, Matt, it's a pleasure. And uh, this is certainly a great time of the year. We're getting ready to roll into March for March Madness. So um, it's going to be some great games on TV. Uh, the tournament should be real exciting this year. I think it's as wide open as I ever remember it being. And then certainly we want to culminate the end of the season with, uh, our event, the basketball reunion at the Prudential center, which was, uh, Really, really special evening last year. A resounding success by all reports. And before we get there, though, I want to ask you, you're a longtime coach, observer of the college basketball scene. Why do you think it is so wide open? You know, it, it's interesting uh, from an, an observer's point of view and looking from kind of the outside in now as a, I'm not coaching in college anymore. Mm -hmm. This transfer portal, uh, I think, has really... Uh, tilted the, the the balance of power and uh, in college basketball, and it's kind of leveled the playing field a little bit. You don't have as many veteran teams. You're trying to put new guys together, new pieces of the puzzle together, and uh, I just think that there's a, a lot of parity. Um, I'm looking at a lot of really good defensive teams that I see around the country, and and offenses still that haven't come together. I mean, usually as a coach, you would you know, the old saying, the best thing about a freshman becomes a sophomore. Well, that's because you taught him in his freshman year and you developed a culture and he understands how you want to play in your system offensively and defensively. And, you know, then he becomes a sophomore. He's better. A junior, he's better. Senior, he's better. But right now, 
you don't have that continuity in programs. Guys leaving, new guys coming in, and you're kind of going to the drawing board and retooling things and, and teaching uh, for the first time to a lot of guys. And that takes time to get that continuity and put a team together. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing in college basketball. At least that's the way I observe things, uh, watching a lot of a lot of games on TV. Anyone who has listened to this podcast knows how I feel about this. Players, I thought, all along were, yes, they got an education, I get that, but somewhat the short end of the stick in that coaches were able to leave, players had to stay to, with the school, otherwise they had to sit out a year. I mean, I'm going way back. <clears throat> but my point is the, the pendulum has swung, and I'm not sure how we put the genie back in the bottle, and I can only imagine what coaches are doing. You have conversations with them all the time. You were a great recruiter. You know what it's like. So you're in there, and you're talking to a parent, advisor, guardian, talking to the kid, and you're saying, come here, and not only will we educate you, but we'll, we'll teach you, as you just mentioned. You'll get better. Well, now, if after the first year, because he's not good enough, he hasn't played a lot, it seems a lot of guys are looking for the pot of gold maybe literally at times, but figuratively at the end of the rainbow where they're like, well, I'm going to play over here because I didn't get enough playing time here. I don't know how coaches do it. You're fending off being poached. You have to poach and you have to coach. And it's just madness in my, my view. I, I just don't know how they do it anymore. Well, I agree with you. And I think that's, you know, uh, uh, part of the issue of why we're seeing what we're seeing. And, Part of the issue is it's the culture that these kids have now come up with. This is something that's gone on in AAU basketball for years. You go to an AAU team, you don't get enough playing time. You just go to another one. Uh, AAU team gives you 10 pair of sneakers instead of two pair of sneakers. You go play with that team. You know, they make three trips instead of one trip. You go play with that team and you just move around. Um, and it's, it's kind of what people are used to in, you know, it's hard to tell a, a parent, you know, hey, listen, come on in and, uh, you know, we're going to recruit you and you're going to you're going to play behind. And I'm going to use I'm going to use one of the best examples. And, you know, I go and look at it uh, when I was at Villanova. You know, we had a great, great young class that, that we recruited to kind of set the foundation for the program. And Randy Foy uh, from uh, Eastside. Uh, we had a kid by the name of Alan Ray from St. Ray's in the Bronx and Curtis Sumter from Bishop Lachlan and Jason Frazier from Amityville in New York. And those four guys, we, we played them as freshmen because we needed to, to build that foundation. Well, we would tell guys, listen, come on in and play behind Randy Foy. You're going to learn, grow. You're going to get great experience. You're going to get a few minutes as a freshman a few more minutes as a sophomore, and then he's going to go to the NBA and you're going to be take over as a junior and senior, and you're going to have a chance to do that. Well, that's how we built the program. You can never say that to a kid today. No one's coming in and sitting behind somebody. It's instant gratification. I mean, if you go back and look at it, Kyle Lowry, who's an NBA all-star, did not start for us as a freshman at Villanova. There are three guys playing in the NBA that all redshirted at Villanova. And that's how we built the program on the culture and growing and learning. And that does not exist anymore because someone's going to pay you 
in name, image, and likeness, and everybody wants to play, and no one wants to put the work in and wait their time and develop. And you can't put the genie back in the bottle. I, I don't. I don't think you can. I don't know how this will all shake out, but it's certainly different, and it's going to be interesting to see how it happens. You know, you mentioned the transfer rule and going back, and uh, I, I do agree with you. I thought that there should have been um, an opportunity for kids to transfer and play right away, but only, I always thought as a coach, if the coach left, because you really do, regardless of what uh, people say, you pick a program because of the coach style of play and the relationships that are built. You don't pick a program because of the academics and because of the school and the campus. And so you could pick a program and go play for, and let's go use legendary coach Pete Carrill, go play in the Princeton style offense, which might be great for you. And he leaves and a new coach comes in and plays all pick and roll that might not be good for you. And you're stuck. I always thought if a coach left the kid on that team, those kids should be able to transfer and leave and play immediately wherever they wanted to go. But that's only if your coach left, not because you weren't good enough, not because you weren't playing enough, not because you made a bad decision or the coaches recruited you and you didn't turn out to be what you wanted to be. Only if a head coach left where a system and a new coach was coming in and that's not who you signed up to play for. Unfortunately, they didn't go that way. They opened it up and now it's, it's a free for all. You know, there's, I don't know, 1600, 1700, 1800 kids the last two years that are transferring and there's not enough places for kids to go. That's almost three kids per team trying to get to another Division One program. And there's not enough programs to sustain that. So it's been interesting. Uh, you know, I never take a look at it and say good, bad, or indifferent. I'm just going to say it's very different. And uh, coaches are going to have to figure it out and figure out the landscape. But that's kind of what I see from an outsider watching TV a lot and looking at college basketball. Yeah, no, I agree with you, right? We just have to deal with it. We we can lament that it's not what we knew or what we thought was best, but the fact of the matter is this is reality. So everyone's got to deal with it from alumni to the students who are at the school now who are cheering for their team, to the players, to the coaches, everyone. It is what it is. I'm not sure it's the best, but we'll see how it all, it all turns out because we do love the competition, and that's what we're all about is the competition – you against me, my team against yours, and may the best team win. So uh, the, the rules have changed a little bit, but that's just the way it goes. Which leads us to there will be an NCAA champion crowned. And on the night that that championship is crowned, there'll be a dinner, the second uh, dinner that you have organized and run. And as I said earlier, by all accounts, last year uh, it was so well received as New Jersey basketball greats came together for the basketball reunion. So tell us a little bit about this year's edition and then, you know, what you learned from last year and how fans can maybe show up at the rock this year. Well, it, it, it was, uh, you know, something that as a, you know, New Jersey guy and recruiter and having worked at, uh, five different colleges and universities in the state and, uh, grown up here pretty much my whole life. They, they kicked me out for a few years when I coached at Marquette and, and, uh, and, and Northwestern, but, but basically spending my career in New Jersey, I just really believe we have one of the greatest tradition and histories 
uh, in basketball in the country. And uh, for me, at this point in my career and uh, my basketball journey, I, I really wanted to do something, uh, one, to, to, to put a spotlight on all the great players and coaches and referees and fans that uh, have supported New Jersey basketball through the years, from the high school level right through uh, the NBA. And uh, so we, we came up with the idea of, you know, celebrating on the night of the national championship game at the Prudential Center and, and honoring those teams and those players and putting them in the Hall of Honor. And last year, it just, you know, in my wildest dreams, I couldn't couldn't expect it to to have an inaugural event that that worked out the way it did um we're hoping to get you know more fans hoping to get more high school coaches uh more division three you know everybody focuses on of course you know Rutgers, seton hall princeton and then the other five division one schools in the state but uh so much tradition and history right on down the line. And that's what we're trying to do is bring everybody together on a very special night. And so, um, you know, we've got that planned again for the national championship night. Uh, we're going to put in uh, another great class of, of coaches. Uh, we've added a few categories. We've got some final four refs that are from New Jersey. Um, we've got a category that we've added dynamic duos um, which we're going to induct uh, Jim Spinarkle and Michael Korn, uh, two phenomenal players that played together at Hudson Catholic, and, and then continue with uh, things that we did last year. Uh, guys, uh, we call it made in New Jersey. Uh, coaches that grew up here, played their high school ball, their college ball, and then coached here in the state of New Jersey. We've got coaching legends, uh, legendary coach Bob Hurley uh, will get inducted this year. Um, you know, we've got a new category in, in a grassroots category with uh, certainly one of the best in the in the whole country, the, the hoop group and uh, Rob Kennedy going in in our grassroots category, uh, continuing in our line of, you know, we, we jokingly in the uh, in, in the basketball world called it called it the, the Jersey Mafia of NBA coaches. We started <laughs> it last year and put UB Brown. He was the godfather. But, uh, you know, two 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 of his uh, coaches and one guy that he brought into the league and Mike Fratello and then uh, Mike in turn brought in uh, Brian Hill. And so uh, guys that have had great success uh, in the NBA. So it's, it's really, really a cool night. We, we had magic moments last year, um, uh, which we are uh, changing the name to electrifying moments because we think it really captures uh, the electrifying moments of, of great shots and great plays uh, last year, we had Ron Harper's buzzer beater to beat number one Purdue at the rack. Um, this year, <clears throat> we're going to bring in uh, three first round buzzer beaters to allow their teams to win games uh, in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Shaheen Holloway, mm -hmm. uh, his end to end layup buzzer beater uh, to beat Oregon. Um, uh, Terry DeHair had a buzzer beater in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and so did Lance Miller, who played at Villanova, but who's from Bridgewater, New Jersey. So just a lot of really cool stuff again, and we're hoping to get the, the word out to continue to grow our event and come have a really special evening uh, at The Rock with us on April 3rd and then uh, watch the national championship game after our awards induction.
I noticed uh, after last year's dinner, reading some of the quotes, I mean, everyone's so proud of New Jersey, their part in adding to New Jersey history. They, they understood it. And I'm talking about those, you, you know, you mentioned Ron Harper Jr. was there, Phyllis Mangina, uh, you know, you, you, all the, the ones that you recognized uh, and honored. And I'm only talking about those two because they just come to mind. But the point is, there is a sense of pride. People get it. I mean, there, there's, there's not only a Jersey toughness, there's a Jersey pride, isn't there? There's a tremendous amount of Jersey pride. And um, it's, you know, it's billed as the basketball reunion because that's the, the concept again is really to have a reunion and, and it's it's kind of interesting the way I I conceived this was it, it should be a reunion for I'm going to use Verona High School because that's where I graduated from Verona High School people but they have a reunion and players come back so they get to see each other from different generations but be at this basketball event to celebrate the tradition and history of all of New Jersey and that's the goal can we get you know, Verona back and Cedar Grove back and St. Anthony back and, you know, uh, Immaculate back from Montclair and, you know, now Hudson Catholic and not just when guys are being honored, but to make it an event where people are coming back to see basketball people. And the biggest thing that I got last year from all of the award winners and from the teams is that, God, this was awesome. I haven't seen guys in 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. What a great way to come back. I mean, one of the great things, um, you know, that, that, uh, uh, Phil Sellers, uh, you know, what was talking about was he had an opportunity to, uh, reconnect with Ron Cornegay and, uh, you know, Ron, great, great player played in the Jersey Shore league, played down at Monmouth, uh, from Newark and like Phil Sellers watched him play. It was like one of his guys that, that he got an opportunity to, 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 to watch play and play with in the Jersey shore league, you know, 50 years ago. Um, so he's like, wow, like this was unbelievable. And, you know, Phyllis Mangina, who you mentioned, just got a chance to reconnect with so many people as our lives move on. You know, I'm a former player and we always say, Hey, let's get together. Let's go out and get a, you know, a burger and a beer and, you know, with your teammates. Well, you don't do it. You don't make time or it happens very infrequently or who can't make it. And I really wanted to create a night to try to really bring everybody together uh, on an individual school basis, but then let's call it like statewide, like globally, everybody in the same building. And, uh, it's really cool. It was a great night. I hope we can continue to grow it. Um, we had 500 people there last year. Um, we're setting up for a thousand this year. Don't know if we'll hit our numbers, but we're hoping all the fans get involved now and come and see it. Uh, again, we're, we're honoring two division three Rowan won the division three national championship. And so we're trying to bring them back into the fold and Ramapos had two teams in the final four division three. And so as, uh, what used to be Jersey City State, New Jersey City University. Charlie Brown's a legendary coach from over in New Jersey City University. And the AIAW Rutgers National Championship team with Teresa Grants, we're honoring them. So this is men, women, high school, D3, junior college, you know, the Division Ones and the NBA. So we're trying to put it all together and grow the event into uh, something that I hope will live on long, long after I'm gone 
and work on and create that Jersey pride that so many of us have. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Division Threes, and you have throughout in last year when we did an interview with you in advance of the inaugural reunion, because Division Three basketball in New Jersey is phenomenal. I mean, we, we know we have the players, and for whatever reason, maybe just a little shorter, maybe just a little slower, whatever it is, they slide off the, the big boys' radar, but we have great coaches on the Division Three level and great competition, so... It, I'm glad that you're recognizing that as well. And I know that that's in many ways, that's where your heart is too, despite your success at the division one level. Well, again, it's, I've been very fortunate. My basketball journey started as a division three player mm -hmm. and a division three coach. And, and then I worked my way through the ranks. I, I coached at uh, Ryder university and I coached at Fairleigh Dickinson university and, um, you know, I just was very fortunate to get an opportunity with Tommy Amaker to go to Seton Hall University. And from there, you know, uh, opportunity to coach at, at Villanova and um, Rutgers and, uh, you know, out to the to the Midwest uh, in Northwestern and then, you know, back home to, to Seton Hall. So um, I've kind of seen it at every level. Um, you know, uh, early in my career, um, you know, I, I made it a point. Uh, to recruit family, to recruit home. And when I say that, I mean, I recruited New Jersey kids to everywhere I've ever coached. I coached at the University of Maine. And, you know, uh, last year at the, at the event, uh, Marty Higgins from Nutley, New Jersey, who was our point guard and uh, one of the great players we had up there that, that uh, led us to a uh, Northeast Conference championship game. We weren't fortunate enough to win it, but uh, made the championship. Uh, he was the heart and soul of our team uh, you know, a, a Jersey guy who came back and, um, and that's kind of, that's kind of what this whole thing is. And, um, you know, uh, I was very blessed to have success because I got, uh, Jersey guys, wherever I coached to come and play for us. And, and they have that Jersey grit, that Jersey pride, that toughness, that, that you need when you're talking about building championship teams. And, uh, we were very successful and the high school coaches were, were very helpful in helping us recruit. And um, it's just something, uh, almost a little way to give back and say thank you, but a way to celebrate all the success of all the young men, wherever they went to play, even guys that leave the state of New Jersey. Um, they bring that Jersey pride, and I think that's why New Jersey is recognized as one of the best uh, producers of talent in, in the country. Because uh, guys go away also and have great success and 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 talk about Jersey and they and they have that pride even if they're playing out of state. So from the Division Three level all the way up through, um, great players, great coaches, great schools, uh, administrations. Uh, you can't have success unless it all comes together. And and again, I, I truly believe in my heart that nobody in the country does it better than we do here in the state of New Jersey. Before I ask you to give information on how people can. Uh, find out more about the event, how they can attend the event. You mentioned earlier Brian Hill being honored, and you, you didn't mention the connection, and he deserves it. You know, great coach at Lehigh, Orlando in the NBA, Vancouver in the NBA. But you grew up in a sports-crazed family. Again, he's your uncle, your dad, fabulous athlete, Great coach, football and baseball at Montclair State, then goes on to enormous success as the baseball coach at Rutgers. You've detailed, we've talked about your backdrop. What was it like, you know, 
<laughs> sitting around the dinner table in that kind of an atmosphere where sports played such an enormous role and so much success coming out of the Hill household? Well, it, it, you know what? It, it was it was fun. And, uh, you know, I was very blessed uh, because of my dad. Um, and we originally, uh, you know, when I was younger, grew up in East Orange, New Jersey. And East Orange had one of the greatest recreation departments, uh, park program. Sovereign Park. Sovereign Field is, is where I grew up. Um, my dad, you know, guys were school teachers back then. And in the summertime, um, you know, they were the park directors and the coaches. And, you know, from the time I was a little kid, I, I, you know, was at his uh, side on, on the field and in dugouts and on the football field and would walk with the team from Clifford Scott high school, three or four blocks down the road to Martin stadium. Um, that's where they played their football games. And I was with the, 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 the players and, you know, the bands behind us and, um, it just was a, a really special time. And then moving to Verona, luckily we moved to a town that was very similar, had a great recreation department and, you know, it was school playgrounds. It wasn't like a city, like in East Orange where you're going, you know, we played little league, we played little league baseball, but we, we got on a bus and left Sobberfield and went to Elmwood park and it was park to park to park. And, you know, uh, I laugh about it, uh, as you well know, Mike Kinney, uh, high school sports writer in the state of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. We played Little League Baseball together. I have an article written about, you know, uh, uh, the East Orange Firemen playing Carvel. And uh, we laugh about it when I see him. It's in my phone. I keep it with me. Those memories are, are I cherish. And I'll, I'll, I'll digress a little bit because you asked about it. But you know, my dad was the baseball and, and football coach at Montclair State. That where he goes, how'd you get into basketball? And, uh, you know, it's a legendary story in our, in our family. He used to go in on Sundays when he was the coach at Clifford Scott High School and break down film. And he, he brought brought me with him. And, you know, I, I don't know, I was seven years old, maybe, maybe eight years old. And uh, he would put me in, in the old gym at Clifford Scott. It was one of those really old, like Hoosiers, old gym, no stands, real small, give me a basketball. And uh, he would go to his football office and he'd break down film for two or three hours. And I'd be in there by myself, just shooting around. And uh, one Sunday he, he left, he went home to, we have, I have four sisters and a brother. So there were six of us. Sunday dinner was huge in my house. And he goes home and he sits down at the dinner table. And my mother said, uh, uh, Freddie, where's, uh, where's little Freddie? <laughs> And uh, he goes, oh, oh, he, he's outside playing. I'll go get him. And he forgot. <laughs> and you know, luckily, Clifford Scott High School was only a couple miles away. You know, I didn't know any better. And, you know, he comes down. He goes, all right, come on, time to go. Don't tell your mother. And, and takes me home. So we, we kid. That's how come I became a basketball player. But uh, uh, really, I mean, those are the type of experiences you have growing up uh, around a family. And then when it came time when – uh, Frank Sullivan was my uncle Brian's assistant at Lehigh uh, university. And Frank got uh, the Seton hall job with, with PJ, which opened up a spot for me. And then, you know, my uncle hired me and I went to work with him for a year. And, and then, you know, he moved on to go to Penn state and the NBA. And I moved on from Lehigh and went to Ryder. And, and then eventually Bobby Duquette hired me to go out with him to Marquette university. So even though I've left the state, it, it, it was a still Jersey ties that took me through my whole journey, my whole career. And just 
I, I always just say I've, I've been very, very blessed. And, you know, I've, I've done something that I love to do for my whole life. Uh, you know, you work hard, but you really don't work. It's a passion. It's a love. If you love coaching and helping kids and mentoring kids, you never think about it as a day going into work. You just think about it as this is what I do. And I'm, I'm very grateful. The basketball reunion, the second annual basketball reunion taking place on April 3rd at Prudential Center, the night of the NCAA championship. The banquet precedes the championship, and then you can stick around and watch the championship game. If people would like to attend or would like to support it or have an idea, how do they reach out? How do they find out more about that? The basketballreunion.com. Uh, you can go to our website. And uh, you can purchase tickets there. Um, uh, our uh, uh, event coordinator, Gina Pianese, uh, she will get back to you. There's a phone number there for her. Uh, I don't have it right off the top of my head right here. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's really a great event. Um, if anybody uh, you know, has any questions whatsoever, uh, I am always accessible. We do have that phone number. You just call me 732-864-5533. And uh, we'll put you in touch with Gina. Again, go to the website, thebasketballreunion.com. And uh, we look forward to having uh, every, you know, and I say this the, the, with affection, every basketball junkie in the state of New Jersey, whether you're a fan, whether you're a high school coach, a, a former player, a referee. Um, it's just a great night to get together with people of, of uh, the same Jersey pride uh, in, in, in basketball um, in this state and uh, really, really uh, a cool night. So we look forward to having everybody showing up at the, at the Prudential center on April 3rd. I did a quick check of the website. You can also contact Gina at Gina, G I N A at the basketball so there you go. You gave the phone number. There's the email address. And hopefully the response is even better than last year. You mentioned a thousand is what you're shooting for. Set the bar high, my friend. Good luck in that. And thanks so much for sharing your stories and a little bit about your travels and the road that you've taken. Uh, it's always fascinating speaking with you, Freddie. And good luck with the championship or the basketball reunion on championship night. Thanks, Matt. Really appreciate it. Good talking to you. It should be a wonderful night on April 3rd when the outstanding history of New Jersey basketball is celebrated at Prudential Center in the second annual The Basketball Reunion. Thanks to Fred Hill for his time, and good luck to Fred with his initiative. And that will do it for this edition of Pirates Talk, presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. Pirates Talk is available wherever you download your podcasts. Let me know what you think about the show. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, as always, to Pat Christensen, the sound engineer of the show and the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk theme. And thanks to you for your company. It's very much appreciated. Until next time, I'm Matt Locke. Be safe, be well, and go Pirates! Pirates!